This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn. Oh, he's hot. With an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters, May 31st. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Probiotics can be an important part of your daily routine, and they certainly are a part of mine, but sometimes they are a hassle to take. Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls are just what they sound like, adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. They're tiny, but still pack a punch, supporting both digestive and vaginal health. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and conditions apply, valid through July 31st. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello. Hello, Hello Catherine. Hello. Good, good, good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, and good evening. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm getting ready to leave this country. I'm going to be on vacation for two months. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm doing some dates mm-hmm. in Canada. I have mm-hmm. my Calgary and Vancouver dates. And then I have a ton of new dates in the fall, too, for ChelseaHandler.com for my vaccinated and horny tour. So awesome. if you live in Tampa, if you live in Colorado Springs, if you live in a lot of different areas, I'm coming your way. So, You're even going to like Rockford and Rosemont, Illinois. Oh, yeah. Rosemont, Illinois. Oh, Chicago's my, my best people. Those are yeah. my best people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going on a like very long-winded trip. Family trips, friend trips. So I have good. two months of new vacation time since I am newly single mm-hmm. and previously had plans to spend that with my lover. I have pivoted mm-hmm. and now made other plans and I'm going to some exciting places. I'm going to Greece. I'm going to oh. Granada in the British Virgin Islands with some that friends. Wonderful. I'm going to Martha's Vineyard for my annual family trip. Mm-hmm. I am going to Vancouver Island and British Ooh. Columbia, some hot spots there. And I'm going to Mallorca for the month of September. Amazing. 
Amazing. I, I know you have really talked up Mallorca. I'm like, I think well, I need to Well, you guys have go. to come and visit. Okay. Can I mean, come? twist Just my arm. Come. Sure. You're welcome. I'm there sure. the whole month. <laughs> the first week and the last week, I have mm-hmm. openings. So if you're coming, you guys right. come f- pick that week and then right. we'll get you a bedroom and sorted. Oh, okay. That yeah. sounds great. Okay. We'll record some intros and things. Yeah, of course. Then episodes. we can do our podcast. Yes. Catherine's sitting here going, Where are you? Can't record one podcast while you're in Mallorca. I'm like, Catherine, if you've seen me try to record anything on my own, you understand that it's impossible. I will happily fly to Mallorca yeah, to, to record a podcast. Okay. That's perfect. It's a work trip. That's a tax write off. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's so much fun. Yeah, so I won't be home for two months, so I, my dogs could be dead by the time I get back. By the way, people have sent in a lot of chow rescues, so I will have to send all of those oh, to you. Oh, really? My dogs yes. have been so sweet since Joe Coy and I broke up. It's like they know Aww. that I need them. Yeah. Yeah. Except Bert. He's so restless. I put him in my bed, and he just won't stay there. He just goes like this. And if you stop petting him, mm-hmm. he needs more. It puts his head back. It puts his head back. It puts his head back. <laughs> you know? And you're just like, what? He's very needy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how they give love, right? Yeah. My yeah. dog just literally yells at me she'll bark at me until I give her a treat which is like why she gets treats you know I shouldn't reinforce that behavior but yeah she just yells at me until we either like play with her or give her treats or give her whatever she wants yeah yeah Yeah. I know I can't wait to have a different dog I can't wait for a new dog to come into my life, but it's too irresponsible, obviously, to get one too much when I'm leaving town for two months. Wait, to be fair, you leave them, like, with a caretaker. Oh, yeah, but I mean, that's why my Belle's like, I have to stay at this house, the rental house. I was like, yes. of course. I don't expect you to bring them. I'm like, bring your whole family here. Live here. <laughs> why not? This is the moment where we're just inviting everybody to live with There's you. There's never been a bigger waste of money than this rental house that I live in because I'm here <laughs> like two days a month. And it is absurdly priced. And of course, I am have no economical sense. And it's just ridiculous. Because so, your house that we were talking about like a year and a half ago is still being renovated. Oh, oh, I went, I took my friends there this weekend to show them and it's nine months away. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I gotta have to get, I go, maybe I just give up this rental because in December I'll go to Whistler. I'll be there for mm-hmm. four months. <laughs> So I, why am I renting a house? The only thing, I, the only reason I continue to do this in my white privilege state is because it's a landing pad mm-hmm. for yeah. everything that is me. Like if I have to come home for work in between that time, I have a place, I have my clothes, stuff. I've got yes. my stuff. Otherwise, I'm coming back to a hotel. Right. And that doesn't sound right. And then you're like never not living out of a suitcase. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I... Anyway, you're welcome to stay at my rental house as well. Right, sounds if good. You guys We're moving need a in. Night off in Beverly Hills, and you want to look at some funky plastic surgery driving around those streets. I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen so many faces that look the same. And you're like, are you 30 or 60? No one knows. It's a mystery. No, I just learned about the BBL, the Brazilian butt lift. Oh, well, how? What do you mean, just? <laughs> Everyone has that. I know. I like just learned about it. I just like figured that all the Kardashians look that way. And my friend was like, no, Catherine. You know what my doctor did? I just, my doctor took fat out of my, not my butt. He mm-hmm. took fat out of like my flank or whatever over yeah. here and put it in my face. Oh, that's And perfect. put it like in my cheeks right here around this area. I was yeah. like, oh, he's like, yeah, that will last you for about 10 years. I was like, last me? Because he goes, you know how your face, all these pads on, on your face, mm-hmm. they start to sink mm-hmm. as you get o- older. Yeah. So the idea is to give your own body its own plasma, its own fat to reconstitute that so and that then they stay up. And it's not rejecting it. Yeah. Yes. It's like your own stuff. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. So I have that. So now I have two nice little indentations on my hips where it looks like right. I was 
turned into some sort of sex robot. <laughs> or you should have cheeks yes, on yes. your hips. Yes. I had a family member who did that, say, maybe 15 years ago or so, and she still looks incredible. Actually, I have a couple extended family members and people that I know who did the thing of like, I just want to look like myself 10 years ago, and they all look stunning. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I like to start early with those things, get ahead of it before it becomes too much of an issue, you mm -hmm. know? Like my neck really was bothering me, so I just got this major, which is so fucking painful, the thermage and the opus when I canceled my trip to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what can I do to my face? And it was so brutal. Like, I looked like a burn victim, but look how tight my neck looks. Extremely tight. Right? So it, tight. I had that leathery iguana thing going, and now it's like, ooh. There you go. By the way, all of these procedures are so expensive, so just don't pretend. That, I'm not pretending that they're not. <laughs> it's like $6,000 or something. So I, I, I mean, just want to be fairly honest with everybody. I feel like anything that makes you feel more like yourself and better about yourself yeah. and makes you like have one less thing that you have to think about every day, do it. Yeah. If you can afford it, you feel good about it and you're not doing it because you feel bad about yourself or you're not doing it because of someone else's preference mm -hmm. of what you would look like, do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm all yeah. positive. You know what I just don't like is fucking people lying about what they do and not admitting it. <laughs> yes. That's really damaging because, like, yes. I'm sorry, but obviously you've had plastic surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't pretend that, you know, these girls are looking up to you. Like, mm -hmm. cop to it. Yeah. So that girls know that's not an attainable thing unless you have money or resources. Or, you know, personal trainers and nutritionists and all these different things and lasers. Like, it, it, there is a whole spectrum of things. It's not just Beyonce did not wake up like this. Mm -hmm. She did not. We mm -hmm. love her, but mm -hmm. yeah. she didn't. Yeah, right. Neither did Kim Kardashian. Right. But we love her, too. <laughs> uh, apparently we do, because apparently the Kardashians are royalty in this country now. You know, uh, no one was more wrong about the Kardashians than I was. <laughs> I cannot believe that they are like the royal family of America. Completely. My favorite is, it's always been Chloe because I've always gotten along well with Chloe. Mm -hmm. But Courtney, I really like. I like her love Same. story with Travis Barker. And she's real and she doesn't. She looks real, and she doesn't mm -hmm. complain. I mean, and she doesn't really want to be famous. I she like, I actively doesn't want I to respect be, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who actively is famous, I respect somebody who yes. chooses. Yes. I think the most amazing thing about Kim and what she has done is she not only created a career out of basically people giving a shit about what's happening in your life, because most people, nobody gives a shit about what's happening in your life. She created a career for herself and her family out of that. But she also, I think, almost single-handedly created an entire industry around that. Mm -hmm. Influencers, every influencer owes Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Like, every influencer should send her a dollar. Mm -hmm. Truly. Well, does, is that necessary? <laughs> does she need another dollar? Maybe not. Yeah. But just like a thank you. Why don't you give a dollar to a homeless person if That's you're an influencer? A, yes. That's helpful, I guess. A better choice. Sort of. We are going to take a quick break so uh, you can hear an ad, and then we'll be right back. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about 
the Books Company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street. Directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Our guest today, you guys, is a hot mess. <laughs> he is a really, really something. He's a real piece of work. He's from the Hahn Hudson clan, which means he is Goldie Hahn's son and Kate Hudson's brother, which is mm-hmm. how he should be introduced <laughs> at all times. We have Oliver Hudson here today because he has a new podcast that he's promoting and texted me and said, Chelsea. You don't have to say yes, but can I please come on your podcast to promote my new podcast? And I said, of course. Of course, Oliver. I mean, you don't have to say yes. comes from such a place of, um, well, let's talk about your insecurity. Welcome, Oliver Hudson. Hi, honey. How are you? Good. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm so happy to see you. I haven't seen you in months. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, I've seen your sister and your mother more recently, but that's been a long time, no, too. No, I know. We have an interesting relationship. It's, it's, it's digital, you know, and then we sort of bump into each other and realize that we could be more. Yeah, right. You know? Right. That's exactly what we're realizing. Yeah, right. but I think that the distance is what has kept us friends. It has kept us close is the yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like many relationships. Exactly. <laughs> so I know you have a lot going on, and I'm really excited about your new podcast, which is called Unconsciously Coupled. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth gave us that. We just I, spun it a little bit. I, yeah, I didn't pick up on that <laughs> no, yet. Okay, no. good. Who knew what Gwyneth Paltrow was going to be coining a phrase for everybody <laughs> to live by for the rest of their lives, I know, right? I know, and she got so much shit for it, too, and it came when she started it. Now, of course, it's like a mainstream, you know, the, right. way, the way to break up is... Is to unconscious, Unco- is consciously, consciously uncouple. uncouple, and now it's well. You did a nice play on words because your you. your podcast with Kate is called Sibling Sibling Revelry. Revelry. Yeah, and you're still doing that. Still doing that. So that's how this whole thing even came about because Kate was working. She was in Europe last year doing her thing. So Aaron and I took over the Sibling Revelry feed. Uh, okay. And we were just talking about our life, and the first episode was very detailed about sort of my infidelity when we were engaged, and it was very open and raw and honest, and she was. Aaron was amazing in the way that she dealt with that and the way that she articulated it on the show. And then we just kept doing, you know, we did about eight of them. And the response was so great. And it, it, we had so much fun that a year later, now it's been a year, we said, well, let's just, let's do this, you know, yeah. just honestly, because we love it. And, and you are in a very professional setup here. We are literally in bed Naked. With, a, with naked with a joint uh-huh. and a bottle of wine yeah. and just riffing on our life and relationship and kids. And it's it's really, it's fun. Yeah, you guys have had a long relationship mm-hmm. with ups and downs, right? 21 and, years together. Oh, my God. Yeah, 16 married, just had our 16-year anniversary, 21 together. And what did you guys do for your 16th anniversary? We actually don't really do much normally, but we went to Surfrider Motel, which is a motel in Malibu that was... It was refurbished about five years ago from like a shitbag motel to something really nice. And we just had, you know, we had the moment. Anal? Mm, no. It's been a minute. <laughs> I thought that was 16 it's years. Been that a was minute. a special, like the silver anniversary is 25 and 16 is anal. Well, you know, no? we actually have an anal-versary. <laughs> oh. We... <laughs> <laughs> That's even better We'd than have anything an anniversary. I could have And it, it was in Paris, like a, a while ago, and, and something happened. Yeah, well, Paris is super romantic. Yeah, I, yes, you know? and it's very anally there. That's what happens when you go to places like that. <laughs> Once you see the Louvre, it's all over. <laughs> but it was fun. It was good. I mean, we always try to get away from the kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's important, I think, to make time for yourself and your relationship and and the, and the kids are good. You know, they're good. Yeah. Well, I would say, Ollie, that you're somebody who's very in touch with the emotional side of things mm-hmm. for a straight white male. Mm-hmm. Right. You're mm-hmm. very in touch with yourself. You like to talk about your emotions. I, I know you're very open about going to therapy and everything you've learned about being in a relationship, even your fi- your family dynamics between your brothers, your sister, your mom, you know, your yeah. dad. Yeah. So where do you feel like you've had the most growth in your life with regard to spirituality, therapy? Because you yeah. guys are all very spiritual as well. Well, therapy's been around, in my, been in my life for a long time. My mom tried to put me into therapy when I was 16 years old. The doctor was just talking to me about golf the whole time, and I was like, this is not working, you know. Got into therapy in my early 20s, and I think probably, honestly, going to this Hoffman Institute. 
Oh God, you got to talk about four the years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, almost four years ago now. It, it changed my whole perspective. On that, I have never yeah. heard one bad review of the Hoffman Institute. No, I haven't either. I haven't either. I know Justin Bieber came right after me, and I think he left after four days. Well, so. that's what that's what a lot of people try to do, right? <laughs> right. And if you're Justin Bieber, you can leave after right. four days. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> right. I, I don't think he, he was like, eh, and then bailed. But Catherine, who was who did we have on that was Katy Perry? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking Katie. about it. Well, yeah. this is how I even heard about it all, because it, it just filtered down. It was a Katy Perry, then Jamie mm-hmm. Mizrahi. And, and, you know, it's an amazing place, and it's becoming very popular now, uh-huh. you know, which I guess is good. But at the same time, you could see Katy Perry or Justin Bieber there. Or, yeah. You know, I mean, everyone is going, because it is really a, uh, if you if you commit to the experience and let go of your ego... It, it can do amazing things, you know, because me personally went there and I was just tight. You know, you see what you have to do and you feel stupid. You know, you feel like an asshole. You're, you know, beating the pillow with a wiffle ball bat and screaming mommy or whatever the hell it is you do. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And I, it took me two days to finally sort of surrender to it. And then once I did, it opened me up. To be able to take it in and not feel so self-conscious, mm, you know? Yeah. And for me, the breakthrough was I just couldn't, it was specifically with this exercise, and I, I couldn't go there because I felt people were watching me. And by the way, it brought out the root of all my shit, which is I don't want to look stupid. I don't want people to dislike me, you know? And as an actor, it's a hard place to be because you're constantly trying to please rather than saying, you know what, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. But I did so much so yeah. that I wasn't even able to partake in this this process until finally everyone's beating the shit out of this and crying. And it, it's like a crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I just stop and I say, I'm going to do this my way. And this specifically was about my mother, this one exercise, who is the most amazing human being in my life. And you would think I would go there for my dad and for Kurt, who's my stepdad. My mom has always been the constant. Interestingly enough, she was the one who came through the most because she was my primary caregiver. And when she wasn't there, it hurt a lot more. You know what I mean? Which is a whole other podcast we can get into. But I just got quiet. I went into more of a meditative state and I stopped hitting anything. And I just really went back and went internal and thought about my life and thought about my mom and trying to find that whatever anger that was. And it started to bubble up, you know, and then I took it from there and then, you know, went nuts on the on the fucking pillow. On the pillow. <laughs> on the pillow. So, okay, yeah, I hear this a lot. Because some people say you're not allowed to talk about it. Are you allowed to talk about the Hoffman Institute? You, like, what's you, the, yeah, yeah, you are. I you're mean, just not allowed to tell per- other people's personal well, stories, right? Yes, yes, because you go in there and you go anonymously, right? And and you don't say your name. You don't you don't talk about what you do for a living. And at the end, you know, there's a moment there where things might get revealed, but. You go there anonymously, even though you might know people, which happens. How big is the group of people? It's like 40. Uh But then you splinter off into little small groups. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it's really about just having compassion and forgiveness for your parents. Because when you really get down to it, and this is what I got to with my father, especially, whose dad bailed on him when he was five. He didn't have much of a shot, you know what I mean? Especially in the 60s where therapy wasn't the norm and you weren't really looking out for your mental health. He was just, okay, you know, your dad left and now you're off into the world. And so when it got tough for him, he just bailed. And he has his own story. But through this experience through Hoffman, I just 
profound, incredible forgiveness and compassion for my father because he didn't have much of a shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was amazing. The whole thing, the whole experience was, was really incredible. And is the end goal always to forgive your parents for what they have done? Well, I mean, like I'm thinking of the staircase, the show, the staircase. Yeah, well, with, I watched it with those fucking kids yeah. and them believing their father. Mm-hmm. But also, I was just so upset for the woman who had died that these kids still believe this guy when he's so obviously guilty. Right, like, right. You have to be able to see your parents clearly at some point. Yes, and then maybe forgive them. Yeah, but not until they've come clean. In a sense, I don't know. I guess I think it's personal. You know what I mean? Right. Forgiveness is selfish in a sense, because it really takes weight off of you. It's not about sure. the other individual. It's a very selfish thing. I forgive you so I feel better, essentially. Yeah. So if that's what you need and you can truly feel that, even given whatever circumstance you know, that parent had put you in, then if that's what's going to do it, that's what's going to do it. I just watched this documentary called Active Shooter last night. Like They had all the different, and it was just unbelievable to see. And there was one specific in Charleston at the church and the forgiveness that these people had for this killer was just so uh, inspiring in a way. And it wasn't fake. It was just coming from a real place of faith for them. And that uh, they were able to let go and to continue on with their lives, you know, because of that. And that's great for them. But then there's some other people who just can't. I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm a—I do forgive but with the big things, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, because forgiveness seems active for a while, mm-hmm. right? You have to actively yes. forgive somebody and actively say, you know, I want the best for you. I want you to thrive. And I want, and then if somebody's really wronged you, it's kind of hard to get there in an active way. You can have moments of forgiveness, mm-hmm. but to be steady and constantly forgive mm-hmm. is another story, which is more applicable to like a primary caregiver, an attachment figure like mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're off of the, um, your. When did you go to the Hoffman Institute? That was almost four years ago. Four years ago. And there's a honeymoon phase to it all. And then, of course, you know, life fucking happens and you close up and, Uh you know, you fall back in your patterns. And and the great thing is, is they tell you, they're like, don't don't leave here thinking you're just cured. Yeah. We're giving you tools now to deal with your life. It's it's, going to get rough. It's life. Uh You know. But that honeymoon phase is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that applies to any sort of therapy yeah. that you go to, too. It's like, you know, you feel like you're cured and you're like, I've got, you know, my toolbox now and it's mm-hmm. never going to be fucked up again. And the whole point of life is like, it's never just going to be like smooth sailing no. from here on in. Like, that's never going to be the plan for anybody. No. And if it is, I mean, you're really lucky. But I wouldn't even say you're lucky because without, you know, rough waters, you don't have growth. And mm-hmm. so you, in order to really grow and evolve, we do have to go through difficult times and internalize things and become self-conscious and become, like, th- worried about what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. went through that period of time when I went to therapy because I had never gone before. And I was so confident, like, almost, you know, arrogant. Well, not almost arrogant, but and misplaced confidence where I just was like believed everything I did was great and right. And then you start to question, you know, you get a little bit of self-awareness and you start to think about everything. And then you start to wonder what other people are thinking about mm-hmm. you. And then you're like, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like feeling self-conscious, but it's part of being a whole person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then even with with a partner or even a friend, you know, again, it's important to understand that we all do have our afflictions and we're all dealing with our own shit. 
And I think sometimes we're easy to just say, fuck off, and we're done with that relationship. Yeah. Because if one little thing has happened that may trigger you, and now, oh, I'm done. Whether it be cheating or drinking or whatever it is, if there's some depth to that relationship and it's really, you're looking at the big picture and the person as a whole rather than the action Mm -hmm. then there's a chance you know what I mean and that's what Aaron did for me honestly she could have easily been like oh you're gone but she knew I was a good human being I just had an issue you know and uh, with the help of my mother and Aaron she was able to sort of understand that see that and stick around and I remember saying to Aaron when I went through all this and by the way I never got caught cheating I told her everything because I couldn't hold on to this guilt and have a family and have a life. So I had to put it on the line there and tell her everything. Did you tell, didn't you tell Goldie first? N- no, no. My mom did know of a certain, certain couple situations, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And my mom's reaction to it was so funny because she's laughing about it. You know, she's like a product of the 60s. And she's like, that's funny. I'm like, funny? I'm trying to tell you I'm in pain now. And there's this strange woman in my hotel room and I'm crying and don't know what to do with myself. She's like, that's classic, honey. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. That's um, so goldy. But I know it is. But I told Aaron, I told her everything. And I think that's what saved it, too. You know, I, I didn't get caught. I yeah. was like, I can't deal with this shit. And she was able to see me as who I was in, in, the, bigger, in the bigger context. And, and we worked through it, you know. And I said to her, I said, look, I hope you stay because I'm going to get better, not just not for you. I can't live like, I can't be this person in a relationship, whether it's you or whoever it is next. Like, I need to fix this, you know. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I try. Yeah. Well, we're going to apply all of your therapy and self-help to our callers today. We have, <laughs> oh, a, yeah, we have a lot sto- uh, in store for you today. Catherine, what do we have going on? Oh, I actually picked some really juicy ones for you, Oliver. Oh, good. I wish we had a lot of straight male callers today for Oliver, but I don't think we ever have a lot of straight male callers. <laughs> I think we've only had one. <laughs> one straight male caller. We've only had one ever. <laughs> yes. We've got medicated since four years mm. old. Mystery half sisters. Oh, I love a mystery half sibling. Oh, God. I have one of those. Oh, excellent. Well, then you're in the club. We both do. Yeah, Yeah, I have one. Like a note (laughs) slipped under my door. Have one. Oh, wow. Ooh, I want to hear that. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Oliver and Chelsea. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. 
Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And Oliver and I are done with our bubble bath. We're back. (laughs) Thank you for the back scrub. Well, our first email comes from John. John says, Dear Chelsea, a little over a year ago, I started a business with a good friend when we were both unemployed and realized if we couldn't find jobs we wanted, we should create them for ourselves. At the time, it was pre-vaccines, and we both worked remotely trying to find clients and build our business, so the fact that my partner was a mom of two small children wasn't really an issue. Cut to now. Our business is thriving and growing quickly. We're about to get an office space and hire our first employees, but my business partner still has to do pickup, drop-off, dance lessons, making lunch, etc. for her kids. I'm a single gay man, so I don't have any of these extra burdens, which I know are extremely stressful. But I can't help but feeling like I'm taken advantage of since I work full-time on our business and there are whole chunks of days, if not entire days, where she isn't able to work because of family responsibilities or a sick child, etc. Pre-COVID, when she worked full-time at another office, the family had a nanny that they let go of when the pandemic hit, and they haven't hired a new one. They have, however, bought a second home and a new Tesla, and my partner is always buying a new Chanel bag or something else extravagant. At the end of last year, we even had to hire a freelancer for a couple of months to help us, which I don't think would have been necessary if my partner worked full-time, but we shared the expense of this person. 
I'm concerned about our business growing any larger without her full commitment. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on how I can be sensitive to her being a mom and the difficulty that comes with that, as well as starting a business while still making sure the workload is equitable since we split all of the business income 50-50. Thank you, John. Well, I think that's pretty standard. Mm -hmm. Like everything Mm -hmm. should be split 50-50. I think the way you just laid it out is actually perfect because it's fair. Like everything's 50-50. And if you have to bring on somebody to cover her time, that should be split 50-50 as well between both of you. It's just fair. You know, she has her responsibilities and obviously being a parent and having all of that are added responsibilities. But bringing on another person to supplement her shouldn't be her responsibility alone. It should be a shared responsibility between the two of you. Monetarily as well. Right. Right. Because if the business is 50-50 and it was from its inception, you can definitely relay your misgivings about moving forward and growing bigger. But make sure you get this out of the way sooner than later and talk about, you know, that this relationship or in this company is equal to both of you. And so if somebody has to come in and fill in the gaps for her, that's not on you and your free time. That's somebody that you're hiring together and splitting down the middle. But again, I guess the question though then is if she was able to take more time and be a part of the business, then you wouldn't have to hire this person. Right. So is he now sort of taking on her, if they're only going 50-50- you know what I mean? I, I think in good faith, in the big, if it's a in part, the bigger picture, it, yeah, yeah, in good faith, in a partnership, I think the most generous and reasonable thing to do that's fair to both of you is to say, "Hey, I'm not going to punish you for having a family. Obviously, that's your life and that's your number one priority. But at the same time, this is my business, and I want to be treated fairly and equally to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, we need the extra help, but I don't think I, you know. I, I do think it's fair for them to split it. Do you think that he sh- yeah. she should just be covering her? Well, maybe side of the I don't street? know. I mean, look, it, when, when when she's when she's buying Teslas and second homes and and but and, I don't think bags, you can judge people's you personal you purchases. Can't. You can't. But then it sort of gets to like, well, if you have a nanny, which you don't anymore, uh huh, then we could be doing this, right? So instead of a Tesla, like, why don't you bring someone on to help? Uh huh. But again, we don't know the personal lives of yeah, what's and I don't think you can on. go in and be like, hey, yeah. you just got that Balenciaga purse. <clears throat> I like, will say this, having three kids and knowing how hard that is and how time consuming that can be, beware of the child excuse because I use it all the time. Parents use it all the time. (laughs) Oh, my kids. And you can't question that excuse. And sometimes it is just that, an excuse. It is not a reality. So I would say beware. I'm not saying that she is doing that in any way, but I'm telling you from personal experience, I have used my children to be lazy. Because yeah. I, if I don't want to do something, I'm like, oh, I can't. I yeah. got my kids. Wilder's got this thing. And I'm sorry. It's nuts. It's just nuts. You use a few buzzwords and then throw kids in there. And then you're off the hook. Yeah, see, now what you're saying is, and now that I'm thinking about what you said previously, you're right. Like, it is kind of her responsibility to clean up her side of the street. So if there is a system being hired, I can see how it would be, how it would make sense for her to actually cover that cost. Mm-hmm. Like, that person's covering right. her work. Mm-hmm. So, but I I would still say at, in goodwill, like you have a, th- a burgeoning business that's doing well mm-hmm. and in goodwill to extend this relationship and make it as healthy as possible, I would offer up to split that expenditure that it is hiring a third person. Or I know you already have done that. You already have hired another person. But if there's somebody that we have to hire to compensate for her lack of time, I would say still split it, 
just more in good faith. Yeah. And I then agree. that's it. You know, right. more taking, you know, don't let yourself be taken advantage of beyond that because then you've put one good foot forward and then she can meet you there. But I hear what you're saying, yeah. Ollie, and I know a lot of people do do that to get primarily to get out of social engagements sure, they don't fucking want to go to. Exactly. It's like, I mean, I've said yeah. I can't go because I have kids before and people, I'm like, no, how much do you know me? I'm like, my nieces and nephews are in town. You know, I, I say shit like that yeah, all the time. All the time. So <laughs> yeah. it's good to know that people are having children to get out of socializing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the perks. <laughs> you could have started smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Well, you did that too, but yeah. you've quit, haven't I'm you? Trying. Oh, I'm shit. trying. I know. To, haven't you gone to Carrie Gaynor? No, I know. I've, they have books and the thing. And... No, Carrie Gaynor in Santa Monica. Oh, you no. go three times. He's a hypnotist. Oh, really? Not Alan Carr. Yeah, I'm Alan talking... Carr, right. That's Carrie right. Gaynor is, yeah, I'll send you his oh, contact. Okay, Everyone good. who goes to him quits. Yeah, good. I have I have an issue with smoking when I'm working. Like, it's Pavlovian. Like, I go to work and I'm on set and mm. boom. Or Habit. I go home after a day and I drink and I smoke. You know, I'm a vice guy. I need yeah, vices. I know. You know, I it's know. tough. I mean, I smoke my weed, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who I am without some sort of a vice. I, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, you know? maybe you'll get that sorted out. Yeah. yeah if you really want to quit here. smoking, I mean, you have to want to quit, but yeah. this will work for you. I do. I my do. driver's wife, Carolyn, went. She smoked for 26 years, and she never smoked again. Wow. And the last session, he said to me, he goes, you're going to go out tonight. And I said, do I have to stay away from my f- smoking friends? Because mm-hmm. it's three sessions in three weeks. So on the third session, you quit forever. Mm. And he says, I said, can I go out with my girlfriends who smoke? And he said, yeah, go out with anybody. He goes, it's going to be a foreign substance to you. Wow. And I never smoked again. Really? Yeah. And I even tried one like six years later. We were in Mallorca, and everyone was smoking. I go, let me try that. And I took one hit of it, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, if you want to quit, it works. I'm going to do that. I mean, you have to deal with the way he looks, and that's tricky. <laughs> it's like going on the set of Three's Company with Mr. Furley. Um, but, yeah. you know, you can get past that. That's amazing. <laughs> not. Well, John, let us know how it goes. I think a lot of these issues are going to kind of fall away once they build the support staff. But my my dad, who's a successful businessman, always says partnerships are like lobster traps. It's very easy to get into them and very hard to get out without losing a limb or Mm. your life. So this might be the time to also think about buying her out if that's an option. Oh, okay. Well, Mm. then that's a third opinion. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that you've got a spectrum of opinions here. So just pick one. (laughs) Pick one and let us know which one you chose. And let her have her handbags. Yeah, no, I was about to say that, too. Don't get petty with that stuff. Yeah. Because that will ruin everything. Yeah. If this business is really good, let's keep it at, let's keep it at bay a little bit. Don't yeah. start to bring up yeah. the Teslas and the handbags because yeah. that will throw it into an entire t- into a tailspin. Immediately defensive. Yeah. I once exactly. had a girlfriend who I had loaned, I don't know, probably like over $30,000 to. And she bought a Tesla. (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I just could never speak to her again, you know? That's crazy. But can you believe that? Oh, I mean, $30,000 over years and years, but just a constant fuck up. Always needing money, always needing help, support, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was her only friend that could help her with that. And then when when my friend goes, guess who just bought a Tesla? I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Nope. Well, our first caller today is Ev. The subject line of his email is medicated from four years old, proudly gay, undeniably resentful, and unable to tell the truth about it. Dear Chelsea, I was heavily medicated from the age of four until my mid-twenties. My parents believed I had a plethora of learning disabilities, ADHD, bipolar disorder, depression, etc., As I got older, I started to taper off the medication without telling them because I know it gives my mother a sense of security to know that I'm taking my meds. 
I no longer drink alcohol, take drugs or medications of any kind. I enjoy my life. I love my husband and I love what I do. Is telling my parents that I don't take any meds now that I'm 31 the right thing to do? And should I be upset with them for medicating me for so long? Yours truly, Ev. Hi, Ev. Hi, Chelsea. How you doing? Oh, we're doing well. This is Ollie Hudson. He's our special guest today. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I've never heard anyone called Ev. (laughs) It was a nickname when I was a kid. It just kind of it kind of stuck with me. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's cute. But I, I I was telling your producer, it's always something. Whenever I'm in a like a situation where I'm nervous, I always say, "Hey, you can call me Ev." It's like a I don't know. It's a bit disarming, I guess. Oh, okay, that's cute. I thought it was going to be short for Evelyn. That's why I was surprised to hear that it was a man. I was like, "Oh, Ev." I've always okay. We've got that clarified now, Ev. Well, it's really yeah. nice to meet you, and I'm so sorry that you were medicated at four years old. What? That's a bit of a shit show. Yeah, I kind of, I don't, I've grappled with it for a long time. It's not something that I feel ruined my life in any way. I do wonder developmentally what would have been different if I didn't have antidepressants, (laughs) like a slew of other medications at that age. One thing I've tried to tell myself again and again is my parents did this because this is what they knew. So it's kind of that I'm not upset with my parents. I just wonder... I don't know. I wonder why and kind of why there were systems in place to support that. So I don't know. It's something in my life that my husband, too, has been very supportive. He's kind of been the one that's like, you know what? Now's not the time to talk to your mom about it. Let's just let's push this. We don't need to do this right now. So I just I kind of wanted your advice. I love the podcast. I'm a huge fan. Just wanted to hear from you what your what your take was. I would just say right off the bat, like, there's really no point in going back. You know what I mean? Your parents did what they did. There's nothing you can do to change it. And any energy towards that or any resentment, you know, you really want to try and work actively to let go of because there is nothing you can do. And when there's nothing you can do, the best thing you can do is move forward and just try to forgive them that, you know, they. I'm sure they weren't trying to hurt you. They were doing the best that they could in that moment. And they weren't as informed as maybe they could have been. And that's really, you know, not their fault either. So, Ali, do you want to speak a little bit about Yeah, that? no, I, I, I completely agree. When you were speaking, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, how's your relationship with your parents now? Is it good? Yeah, it's actually the best it's ever been. Right, great, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so, so this is the reality we yeah. live in right now. What, what they did in the past, Chelsea's right. I mean, I, I, they were probably trying to figure it out themselves. How do we make our kid better and how do we make ourselves feel better? Because when your kid is out of control, you feel out of control. So I think it was just right. as much for them and as it was for you in a way. But now your parents, it's an amazing relationship. So you know what? Fuck it. It's gone. They did it, you know? Yeah. There is what there's one part of that though that I don't that I'm a little weary about. They don't know that I'm unmedicated. That's that's oh. really weird. But you're a grown man. I know, I know. And it, it part of me is like, you know what, it's not their business. You you're living your life. You've been in HR for 10 years, which is not something you can do if you don't have, you know, your shit together. So I don't know. I just some part of me feels bad about not being honest. I think great relationships in your life, whatever they are, they're always, they come from a place of trust. So I worry that if I'm not bringing trust to the table, how good really is the relationship? That's kind of where I am. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, no, I think that's valid to bring up. Like Mm -hmm. why, I mean, what's preventing you from telling them that you're not medicated? What's the worst that could happen? 
Right. I think that's, but that's what's in my head. What is the worst that could happen? Are they going to get upset about it? Are they going to not talk to me for a while? I don't think that they're that kind of people. They really have been great parents growing up. I think it's just, I, I'm in my head about it and I don't know what the worst consequence would be. I just don't want to make waves and I find myself making excuses. I, tru- I truly don't. I don't know what the worst could be. How long have you been unmedicated for? Uh, it will be oh, uh, 12, 12 years. Oh, well, okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think you should tell your parents. Oh I think you, it's yeah. weighing on you and you should just- I've been lying for that. Time. Wow. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. You were just like trying to yeah. almost protecting them in a sense. You know what I mean? You didn't want to stress yeah. them out. You can always explain that to them in that way. But if it's weighing heavily on you, being honest, which is really admirable, go and tell them and just say, hey, I just want to let you guys know this has been bothering me for some time because I haven't been forthright, but I haven't been medicated and it's been about 12 years. I feel great. My life is going well. I just didn't want to burden you with this. But I feel like, yeah. you know, just what you just told us mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like, in you know, in the hopes of having a really fruitful, meaningful, deep relationship, honesty is one of the most important facets of that. Plus, you're a living example now of just what it's like to live a beautiful life without medication. So it's not like you're telling your parents when you're all jacked up and you're not feeling good. You're looking good. You feel good. You got your man. You're successful. You know, all (laughs) of those things. So, you know, how can they even deny where you're at because you are in this this beautiful place, you know? That's kind of, that's exactly what I thought in my head. And that's what my husband told me. He's like, why don't you come to them when you where it's just undeniable you've been doing this for 10 years you you look great it, you, you know everything is together your yeah. career is in an upward trajectory wait until that point so and i i appreciate that and that's kind of what i'm hearing from you guys too but i i think i appreciate it thank you i'm jealous i'm still on medication like i gotta i tried to get off last year and then i had to prescribe him <laughs> oh with my some God, new stuff I was conscious because i <laughs> lost my shit I, I had the worst summer of my life with in such intense anxiety oh. it was so gnarly oh. for me and it wasn't un- i had experienced it before in my 20s but it was so rough trying to raise three kids and i had to go back on yeah. my lexapro just because i needed to even out again i it just i just lost okay. it you you know, and I'm on it now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the other thing I was writing the email and I was like, God, this sounds so judgy. I was like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs or any of that anymore. And I was like, God, I hope Chelsea doesn't think that I'm like judging of people that take medication. Cause I'm not, I think it's a beautiful thing if that's what you need. And that's your path. Yeah. I was just speaking personally. So like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Everyone ha- kind of has to come at it at their own point of view or vantage point, I guess. What medication were you on or medications? Oh my God. The list, uh, Lamictal, Ritalin, hmm. um, Lexapro was one of them. I forget the names because they were so, it was the generic, yeah. it was long, but mm-hmm. it, they were, in, it was a mixture of antidepressants, mood elevators, and the Ritalin was for focus, but it was like a lot of Yeah, Ritalin. it's a big cocktail. So it was just like, oh, yeah. throughout the day. So, yeah. and how was it for you to transition off of them? I don't want to say it was a moment. It happened very, I just, it was kind of like a domino effect. One happened, then the other, I stopped taking the other and I was like, well, this is, I think a lot of the drama in my life was, <laughs> was created by the medication. This is normal. and seems like 
we should have been doing this <laughs> a long time ago. Oh God. Like, girl, get, your shit together. Like, get off this meds. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of medications to be taking for a young kid oh, anyway, gosh. starting young, you know, when you're that young and you're taking them for so long, you must be having to change them all the time. Well, that's, that's the thing is the dosage just kept increasing and increasing because you do build a tolerance over time. And it's like, they would interact with each other. So you had to make sure like yeah. you couldn't drink. And how hard is it to tell someone who is in college in New York City, hey, don't drink. But mm. it's like, what? Like, no, right. this is not happening. Again, I, <laughs> I don't condone that for other people, but that's just, that's my own situation. And we should make sure that we say here, like if you are out there listening and you're planning on tapering down any medications or coming off of medications, please do talk to your doctor first because coming off of some medications can cause things like suicidal ideation to increase and depression or maybe just aren't good for you uh, to go off of all at once. So always talk to your doctor. But of course, here at this podcast, we believe if you can't make your own serotonin, store-bought is fine. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing great. You seem like you've got your yeah. shit together. I mean, look at you. God, so, I wish I was you. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Ollie wishes he were, yeah. Ollie wishes he were anyone but himself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ev. Thanks for calling in. And good luck with everything. And let us Thanks, know how bud. it goes when you Thank do tell you. your parents. Will do. Will do. Thank you, Chelsea. Okay. Report back. I will. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. What a gentle, oh. what a gentle giant. He's sweet. That was almost like calling in for a non-problem problem. problem. Right. You know, like he didn't really have a problem. He just wanted to talk. Well, you could tell he's self-aware of sort of how he makes people feel all the time. Like, I know I don't want to condone this or I'm sorry about Mm. this. He's very apologetic, Mm -hmm. which probably lends itself to not being able to tell his parents because of fear of judgment in some way. Good insight, Ollie. Yeah. That was good. (laughs) That's enough therapy. I could be a therapist. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street. Directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. 
An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Well, our next caller is Michelle. She says, Dear Chelsea, my wife and I each made a New Year's resolution to find a therapist separately. Neither of us have even attempted finding one. I lost my dad a couple of years ago to suicide, and my wife thinks that I need to talk to a professional about it. I feel as if I'm at peace with the situation. Obviously, I miss him dearly, and I think about him a lot, but I don't feel I have an urge to talk to someone about it. Most of my friends have therapists and love going, and I'm so supportive of therapy and love the idea. But I'm inherently lazy, and any free time I have to look up therapists, I end up being lazy and turning on the TV or consume my time with something else. Maybe that's something I need to talk to a therapist about. (laughs) I feel like it might help to just get a push from somebody on the outside. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. 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 This is Oliver Hudson, our special guest today. Hi. Hi, Oliver. How are you? We both have our master's degrees in therapy. Yes. Not <laughs> psychology, just therapy. Yeah, just therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, listen, getting a therapist, you're not going to come out worse for that. Even if you go to one or two sessions and decide, mm, this isn't for me, like, at least then you, you, you will have tried and you will have made an effort in that direction. Your father committing suicide is going to have an impact on you, whether you realize it or not whether it's now or it bubbles up in 10 years, I would always advocate to get ahead of that, Mm. to get ahead of grief that you don't feel yet because there is something called delayed grief and that happens to a lot of people. So you could be at peace with it now and I believe that you feel that way, but you don't know what's around the corner and a life event like that doesn't just go, like it tangles you up at some point. And as far as your wife, is she going or has she made inroads to do that? No. 
Well, then I guess that that's even more of an impetus. Set an example. You do it. You know what I mean? And show her yeah. like, yeah, I did it. I did what we agreed we were going to do. Sitting back and watching TV. Listen, we can all relate to that. Like I did that last night. I was supposed to write something and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to watch, you know, brain dead television. <laughs> and it never makes you feel good about yourself to not do the thing you're supposed to do. It just makes you feel like shit the next day. So when you can get ahead of something in your life, you're doing yourself a favor and you're doing all the people around you who love you a favor, too. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I have a concern, and I was talking to a friend about this, that, like, I'm going to find... I'm sorry, Oliver just threw up. Are you okay, Oliver? Yeah, no, I just threw up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. He just had a big breakfast. Yeah. It was just Captain, <laughs> Captain Crunch everywhere. Yeah, I just puked. It's fine. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Go on. Um, I just, I'm going to find somebody, like, make an appointment, go, and then I'm not going to like what they have to say to me or be annoyed with what they have to say to me and then never go again, and that's going to be it, and I put effort into it, and... <laughs> I it's I know it's not a one size fits all situation. You've got to shop around for, you know, lack of a better term. But that's also just something that I don't look forward to doing. But you're projecting all of that, right? You're creating a non-reality. You know what I mean? A narrative that hasn't even existed. You've already in your mind gone to the therapist, had a horrible time, said, fuck you, you're terrible. I'll never find one again. Then you're back on the couch when really you haven't even done. I mean, you've just created that. You know what I mean? Which is what's preventing you from actually experiencing it. And you may be very pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. What is preventing you from doing it? Just that? I mean, basically just saying it's not going to work. That's probably the main cause. And then also just feeling like, so I talked to a medium and I thought that that was just the coolest Mm. thing ever. And that was exactly what I needed for healing and just hearing what she had to say. And I just thought that that was kind of the closure I needed, I suppose. So, The nice thing about seeing a therapist is that if you don't have a lot to work on, they will usually tell you that too. So you might go for a few sessions and they might, you know, kind of essentially give you a clean bill of health and say, you know, if you need to talk again about work or anything else, let me know. But yeah, they'll give you yeah, an out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and therapy is great because my best sessions in therapy are the ones that I just do not want to go to. I'm like, yeah, I'm absolutely. fucking fine. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go play golf or I want to do something, but I'm going to commit, stick to my commitment. And then 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, whoa, this is happening right now, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to, like, if it's not for you, you don't have to stick with it. It's just like making an effort to do something out of your comfort zone is really important as a life skill, I think. I like to always challenge myself. Like, I dread half the shit I do because I'm like, fuck, how did I get myself into this situation again? That's what makes you strong and it makes you tough and it makes you knowledgeable. And then you become like a fuller, rounder, I mean, in essence, you know, not like physically rounder. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy makes you physically, physically round. Robust. Oh, uh, then that won't be great. <laughs> But um, you know what I mean? Like, it's a good exercise. So just try and and figure it out and go through with it. And if it's not where you belong, then that's okay, too. The other thing, too, is with your wife. Maybe say, why don't you come with me? Why don't don't you guys do a couple sessions? Why don't you do a couple sessions together, you know? Yeah, that's something we definitely have talked about, too. So it might also just be helpful to have, you know, someone that I trust sitting there with me, too. Or you could go alone, mm-hmm. come back and tell your wife that your therapist told you to start swinging and see, yeah, and, and sure. that, that that's where that landed you. So go fuck yourself. Right. And then she's like, do not go to therapy ever again. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people are into swinging these days, Ollie. You don't it know what the reaction is going to be. It is. It Everybody, is yeah, I know. It keeps coming up in conversations and I don't know if people are joking. I'm joking, but I don't know if other people are joking <laughs> about swinging because it seems very prevalent right now. No, I know. I know. I, I'm more of a one-sided swing. 
Like I couldn't. Yeah, you, you know want to I mean? hook up with a girl. <laughs> right, right. I, exactly. I, I don't. I don't want the swing I to also, go backwards. I also don't want to hook up with a guy. I would rather hook up with a girl <laughs> with my boyfriend than have sex with two men. That doesn't feel right to me right. at all. It seems like too much work. Yeah. Well, you're a lesbian, yes. so it definitely feels like too much work for you, right? Yeah. True. So there you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for calling in. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Keep us posted. Okay, I will. Okay. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. You too. Well, this next one is a doozy. This is from Ariel. Subject line was, am I the asshole? Dear Chelsea, about three years ago, I received a suspect Facebook message from a woman who claimed to be my half-sister, saying that we shared the same dad. I was baffled, and I didn't know what to think. After days of questioning her, it turned out she is my half-sister, but doesn't have a relationship with our dad. Our dad's name was on her birth certificate and the story she told me about how he met her mom lined up, a past place they worked. The problem. She's between the age of me and my older sister, which means my dad cheated on my mom when they were still together. This half-sister got in touch with me because she was curious about family health history and just wanted to know what me and my older sister were like. She actually lives in the same city as me, so we met up and got drinks. We get along well. But then I made what might have been a huge mistake. Right before the pandemic, our dad died. He was sick for five months before he died, and I never told my half-sister that he was sick. But the thing is, I didn't know he was dying. When I told her that he died, she was upset and asked for funeral details. My mom knows about this half-sister, but doesn't know that I know about this half-sister. So I felt inviting her would stir up drama at the funeral. I was worried about people asking why she was there and who she was. Me and my older sister told her that she couldn't come, and this made her furious, understandably so. I tried to reconcile with her and sent her an apologetic message, but she read it and didn't respond. I still feel bad for not letting her come to the funeral, but was it right to do so in order to protect my mother and family who didn't know about her? I could write another email about how my dad lived a whole double life and we didn't find out until after he died, but I need help moving on from this one. Am I the asshole for not letting her come to our dad's funeral? Thank you, Ariel. What do you think, Ali? I don't think you're an asshole. I mean, I think because it's coming from a, a, a compassionate place of just trying to protect everybody, not knowing what to do. And this was your instinct was to do this. Now, in hindsight, may have a, a, a different choice have been better, like maybe, but I, I wouldn't call it an asshole. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Discovering mm-hmm. your dad who had an, mm-hmm. an affair, you know, there's this sort of half-sister involved. The family doesn't know. I mean, there's so much going on. I, it's hard to navigate something like that. And she had to make a decision, and the decision was hers, and was coming from a, a good place, not a bad place necessarily. And now you got to clean it up a little bit, you know, but that's. Yeah, that's I, you're tough. definitely not an asshole. No. You were considering your mother's feelings and you were considering everybody's feelings. She can have time to either understand that, you know, and digest it and maybe come back around. But you're definitely not an asshole. You didn't do it out of like ill will or to be to be a jerk. You were weighing all of the benefits and the pros and cons of it. And it just seemed mm-hmm. like an imprudent thing to do at that time. And I, I think that's totally understandable. So I would definitely not keep beating yourself up about this. You could maybe 
maybe reach out to her again with another email, maybe explaining further. If you feel like you want to develop more of a relationship with her or get to know her, if that's true for you, then you should send her another email, you know, when you think enough time has passed where she can receive it in a different way, maybe, and explain yourself a little bit more about why it was important for you to make that decision and how it wasn't a reflection of, you know, how you feel about her, but it was about considering everybody else's feelings and how uncomfortable it would have made the funeral, etc. But you can't control how someone's going to react to your decision, you know, and your loyalty and your familial responsibility is to those people that you've grown up with and to your mom. So, yeah, I would. I mean, yeah. she almost made the right decision in a way. I mean, I, ima- I think so. I mean, imagine if this person shows up at the funeral and it's like, who is this? And now all of a sudden, oh, this is your illegitimate sister. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now it blows yeah. up. And even if, like, no one else ever figures that out, the mom still has to go through that day grieving the husband that she's mm-hmm. just lost with the presence of this person who's, like, the mark of infidelity on her relationship. Like, that's really hard for that mom. Yeah, exactly. I would never put my mother through that, ever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, the best case scenario might be just to have a big family meeting and be like, hey, throw it out a lot on the table. Let's get after it now, mm-hmm. and then we'll leave here holding hands. You know, it's like, all right, here's what happened. Uh-huh. Now we're all in it. Now we all know. Now there's no secrets. And now we can either, yeah. you know, mend fences or have a relationship or not. But at least, you know, it's all out there. Not not to make this about me, but I've my father and his brothers don't talk. And my whole Hudson side of the family is, like, just fractured. It's starting to get together a little bit now. But I made I, I texted everyone. I'm like, let's just rent out a a restaurant and everyone go and you can fight mm-hmm. you can laugh whatever but at least everyone's in the room and getting it all out and then we'll see what happens from there yeah. and what was the response for that people are willing it's just yeah. about getting it done it's actually making it happen you well, know? just find a local cheesecake factory ollie and get <laughs> exactly. it done i mean nothing <laughs> really stopping big menu, you. yeah that's the right place for that well ariel let us know if she gets back to you or if you don't hear back and if you reach out of course Well, our last email today comes from Sarah. Sarah says, Dear Chelsea, I'm writing to you for advice on an ongoing issue I've been having with my boyfriend's family. To zoom out a little, I just don't have time for people in situations that drain my cup without ever putting a drop back in. If spending time with someone doesn't make me feel good, I'm out. Been there, done that, life's too short. Enter my boyfriend's family. He and I have been in a healthy relationship for four years, and we plan on getting married and starting a family together. He's my guy. I absolutely adore him. He's incredibly close with his family, and I'm incredibly close with mine. We both agree that family is super important. He adores his mom, which is great. His father passed away pretty suddenly about five years ago, so he and his brother tried to fill the space that was left for their mom, which is amazing and makes me so happy to see. But his mom drives me crazy. She's a really nice lady, but she's a ball of nerves. Her family affectionately calls her Nervous Nellie, but it's more like incredibly anxious and overbearing Nellie. She drives around with snow tires in a city where it snows once, twice a year for six months because she's scared. She'll always ask a million times if we liked the gift she bought. So annoying. (laughs) So annoying. Or if what she said at the family gathering was okay, she recently freaked out about a light in our place flickering because she thinks it will cause an electrical fire. The list goes on and on. When we hang out together, the boys go off and do their own thing, and I'm stuck with mom. I do my absolute best to be kind in these situations because I know it's important for his family to be together, and I want to be a part of it. Being around her exhausts me emotionally and mentally. 
If we have plans on a day where I'm not at my best, I just can't handle them, and I find myself being snippy and brash. My boyfriend amazingly does realize how anxious his mom is, and we can talk about it, but I can tell if I go too far. He starts to get defensive, so I really have to watch how I decompress to him. I worry about how these things will play out in the future. When we have kids and I want to have a natural home birth, is mom going to lose her mind? Etc. Do you have any advice on building this relationship, even though it doesn't make me feel good? How can I prepare for and handle these situations with kindness and grace? Sarah. It already sounds like you are handling it with kindness and grace. I mean, (laughs) I I would not be left alone with her because I, I, you know, I mean, first of all, yeah, you can handle it with kindness and grace. You can do all the meditation you want before every time you meet with her. But like, She's a live wire. It's all over the shop, it mm-hmm. sounds like, with her. I don't think you should worry about future, mm-hmm. like projecting the future. And if you want to have a home birth, you're going to have a home birth, period. Like, she can't interfere with what you're going to do with your body. She's not a Republican. Or maybe she is. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I think you should also have, like, an honest conversation with your boyfriend about how much time you have to spend with her. Because right. that's not a fair ask, yeah. I don't think. You know, it's one thing to have right. to deal with an in-law or of any kind, whether it's parents or siblings. But, like, it's not cool to have to be, that they go out and leave you alone with her when she's like that. Uh, and they know she's right. like that. And he can get as defensive as he wants, but you need to lay some, like, heartfelt ground rules about the amount of time that you're willing to spend under those conditions because it really wears thin on you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think yeah. that's unreasonable at all. I think that just has to have like an honest, even conversation with your boyfriend, you know, and if he gets defensive, you have to put a pin on it and wait till he's not in a state of reactivity and be like, listen, I'm not accusing you of anything. I've done this work. I've tried it. And I just need to have a fair set of ground rules. Yeah. Love it. Because mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. The mother-in-law, right. however old she is, she's not getting better. She's not, it's, nothing's going to shift. That's just what you have to deal yeah. with. So then it's about making the best of that. And if that means your husband being more, or fiancé, being in tune to how you're feeling, then you're limiting the time. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. You just are. But in-laws are, are in-laws can yeah. break up relationships. Yes. I mean, yes. I've known yeah. people who have broken up or are very close to because of in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, because you do get defensive. My mom always says you marry the family. Yeah. I got so mm. lucky. My in-laws are amazing. Oh, yeah, you are lucky. Oh, well, so is Aaron. Aaron's lucky. You're, yeah, I'm your lucky. family's we fun. I mean, lucky, yeah. Yeah, your family's the most but fun I to hang out with. plenty of friends who, in, it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with that. I mean, I just can't deal with it. So you have to avoid it mm-hmm. when you can. <laughs> yeah. I would also say, you know, when you do have to spend time with her and you know they're going to go in the other room or go, you know, do their own thing, maybe get yourself an activity Mm -hmm. that you guys can do together. So whether that's playing a game or watching a show together or whatever it is, something that is like outside of just talking about yourselves. So I know in some of my sort of more stressful in-law relationships, being able to have like a third thing that you're doing and rather than just like talking about everyone in the family Mm -hmm. or talking about what's going wrong really helps. Or you build up credit make a game out of it yeah. right so every hour you spend with my mom <laughs> you get a day at a hotel that sounds like a really fair exchange like that'll go well I that conversation that. <laughs> or it's just start yeah i like that i think Catherine, that's a great idea to have activities lined up so that it's not you know activities not like lawn bowling or something she's going to freak out about <laughs> but board games like shoots and ladders well actually that might be scary for her too it sounds like shoots so and maybe something a little bit more maybe monopoly just keep it basic right oh, unless she's got go. financial anxiety um, Oh, yeah. yeah Fuck. I, I God, now we have to find oh, no. a game. Hubert. What about Hubert? No, that'll cause anxiety, too. Hungry hippo, no dice. <laughs> 
cards. <laughs> just cards. But yeah, yes. yeah. I think that's sweet. You've tried and you sound very sweet and you've made a good effort. But again, you are not responsible for her well-being or her sanity. You're responsible mm-hmm. for your own sanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you for emailing in. And we'll take a quick break right now and we'll be right back. Moms are more than the stuff they do for us. The laundry, cooking, and driving. And by the way, dad should be helping with that stuff too. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best, and that's why Books is giving you 25% off your entire order of farm-fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Here's what's great about the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Books has modern designs and unique flowers that you cannot find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mother. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street. Directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. Along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald, the film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. An official selection of Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving, and according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide May 31st. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
Okay, and we're back from our loofah scrub with Olifera Hudson. Mm. Yeah, who Olifer, well, actually, it was Olifer now. It's with an F. Oh, I just it is? exchanged oh, nice. the B. Yeah, <laughs> Olifer Hudson. You changed my name. And um, based on Oliver's advice that he gave today, I would say that his podcast is very worth listening to. It's mm. called Unconsciously Coupled with his wife, Erin. Mm-hmm. Not not to be confused with the other Erin. Erin Foster. Right. Not no, to this be is Erin Hudson. <laughs> Erin Foster. I'm sure she loves that. Um, but uh, yeah, he has got a great podcast. He also has a podcast, Sibling Revelry, that he does with his sister. But yeah, he's had a lot of experience in this realm. So it's very good to get a straight man's mm-hmm. perspective perspective on things. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, you and know? especially if you're in a marriage, which many people are, and everyone who's in a marriage definitely hits a point in that marriage where they encounter friction. Mm-hmm. There's always friction. I just love it. I honestly love doing something with my wife, you know, because we, we haven't mm-hmm. done anything in the in, in the work world together. And it's right. just, it's a blast. And I think it's reflective in the show because it's not about trying to sort of make a money grab of any kind because we're not making any money yet. It's just more about just being together and having these conversations together. And it honestly opens stuff up with us. I bet. When she tells me shit that she's not liking the next day, I'm conscious of that. And now I'm like, okay, I, I, you know. Yeah. So we're learning as we're talking. Yeah. You know, which is which is fun. It's good. nice to get to know somebody more deeply, you know, because I think in relationships also you can kind of hit a breaking point where it's like in certain relationships you're going as deep as you can go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you stick it out and get through those phases where you feel like it's not going to get any deeper and that's exactly when it gets deeper. You know, it's that quote that they say, you know, in order to change the world, you have to change yourself. And it's true. Like when you change, you affect change in other people just by your vibration, just yep. by your energy and your open mindedness. It has a direct impact on the people closest to you so sometimes when you're doing the work you have to remember you're not only doing it for yourself you're doing it for you know your spouse your children great point yep yep yeah well oliver at this point in the show we like to ask if our guest has any advice they'd like from chelsea Mm -hmm. so would you like to ask her for advice do you want me to teach you how to give a blowjob yeah I've never, I've never given one (laughs) okay catherine do you have a banana (laughs) i do i do here's because we've talked a lot okay this is a career question because you, you know how to work, but you also know how to play. You, like, you, you, you balance it very well, it seems. But you work hard, but you also play hard. I play hard and don't work hard enough. I love the fun of life. I feel like I have a lot of potential in my career as a director, actor in this business. And I have yet to really scratch the surface of what that potential is. But I don't have the greatest work ethic. The question, I guess, is do I just remain content or do I try to shift myself to where, okay, it's time to sort of realize your potential, even though if even though it's not something that is just driving me well, right now. Well, we're always working. Why do you think you don't work hard? Well, because I, I think it's relative to what I feel. I'm going through the motions. I do my press for the show and I do love my podcast, but just creating for myself. I, mm-hmm. I do stuff that comes to me rather than going out there and really pursuing some of these ideas that I have that I know can be 
great if I just put the time in. Yeah. Well, I think then you've answered your own question. I mean, generating your own work is a great source of like, you're going to find the joy that you find in your personal life, play life. And if you've already feel like there's an imbalance between play and work Mm -hmm. and you make that adjustment, the joy that you get from your play life will go over to the joy that you get from your work life. It's hard to break through. You know what I mean? Like if I sit down at the computer, immediately I'm gone. It's like you the other night when you said you want to write and you're just watching mindless TV. Yeah. That mindless TV is, is more prevalent in my life than it is than the work. Uh-huh. You know, when right. I know that the work would make me happy if I can just get through it, but I get discouraged. So how do you... I think you just have to create a new habit, you know, like you have to give yourself like starting today, tonight, you're going to give yourself one hour. Mm -hmm. Don't make it something that's not going to be able to be fulfilled. Give yourself uh, 30 minutes or one hour where you go sit down and you write. Like what are you, it doesn't even have to be writing a script or Mm -hmm. writing an idea. It's like write what you want to get accomplished in this hour in the next three months. Do you ever sit down and not do shit? Meaning like you say, oh, this is my time to work. And I'm like, I got nothing, but I'm sitting here and I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. Sometimes I sometimes, yeah. Like I just always, if I have 20 minutes on a plane or even like you know two hours on a plane I make sure that a reading for me is always a spark of creativity Mm -hmm. if I read a book which I always do Mm -hmm. but I now I'm like okay you can read but you can't read for two hours anymore because I have to write a book right now so I'll read for like 30 minutes and then I write for an hour and a half I'll be like you have this time amount Mm -hmm. on a plane ride but for somebody who's just trying to shift that narrative in your mind I think psychologically if it's too big Mm -hmm. of a responsibility it will be hard for you to fulfill so I think you just have to say to yourself like starting tonight Mm -hmm. or whatever time in the morning you have if it's in the morning if it's at night whatever pick 30 minutes 45 minutes and then slowly as time goes by you're going to go sit down at your computer and write what you want to accomplish during this time or start writing a script or start writing ideas that you want to generate into becoming more of a reality and then over time you're going to be drawn to that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you just have to create the habit Mm -hmm. and i fall in and out of habits all the time but i definitely am good at creating new Mm -hmm. ones and getting myself motivated Mm -hmm. and so you just have to light that fire and once you light it and just say like you go for five nights in a row of an hour a night where you're just sitting at your computer even if nothing comes out you're just like fucking around with Mm -hmm. ideas on the sixth night you're going to want to go to that computer right right because you're like wait i gotta go do this you know and i think that's a good creative tool no it's true and it's i think you're right it's not about it's it's the time that you create in the beginning is not overwhelming like two and a half hours i mean no. just give yourself a small amount of time and stick yeah to it. there's a great book called daily rituals which it just gives you kind oh. of every artist what they do in their creative time like some people are more creative in the morning mm-hmm. i know i am like i'm more clear like i like to look at a script first thing in the morning if i'm writing something or a book because that's when i have the most clarity and i haven't fogged up my brain by then you know mm-hmm. but some people it's late at night you know and some people it's mid-afternoon so you have to just find out what time your zone is yeah. and try Try them out at different times and see when you feel like the most kind of productive. What's the book? A daily rituals. It's good. Yeah, it's just a, it's a little. It's not like a book book. It right. just gives you like all these artists, philosophers, painters, and how they writers, worked. and when they worked yeah. and how oh, cool. they worked. I like yeah. that. I'm gonna get that because you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, it's something I've been trying to figure out for a long, long time. Yeah, I know that because we've <laughs> we had this conversation before. Yeah. So you should just bite it and yeah. chew it and fucking start. It. I know. I know. Breaking the habit. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, and then that's follow up is. with us and let us know how that advice goes. Okay? I will. I'm going to check in yeah. with you in two months. Okay, good. <laughs> see what's been, see what's been accomplished. Great. Oliver Hudson, you are a delight. As oh, you're always. a delight. This was so fun. I know. It I was love really talking fun. to people like that. It's I know. Blast. Well, now you have your own podcast to do it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I love the psychological aspect. It's great. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> Thank it's you. Exciting. Honey. 
So if you'd like to ask Chelsea a question, email us at fearchelseaproject at gmail.com. Here's an important life tip. It is absolutely essential that you always know where to find a delicious sandwich at a moment's notice. Usually the answer is as easy as Jimmy John's. You know you're always getting some good sandwiches because they make them with fresh baked bread, premium quality meats, and hand-sliced veggies. Like their Italian nightclub made with salami, capicolo, ham, and provolone. Everybody loves that one. So if you're looking for the sandwich of sandwiches, order on the Jimmy John's app or online at jimmyjohns.com today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not a sharp from memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long. Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support at every price point. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea. 